tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! What is up, gladiators? Welcome to another Scandal After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. You probably recognize the song that we're starting with. It is... Oh, you happy, huh? Am I happy, though? Am I happy? Um, So, here's the thing. This was episode 22. You can't take command. As always, we are your Fab Four, except we're missing one of the four. Bam is in Jamaica, but we miss you, Bam, and hopefully we will see you soon. As always, I'm your host, Emil Innis Jr., and I'm joined here today with two lovely, amazing gladiators. Hi, everyone. I'm Sophia Stanley. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Cornelia. That was the most drawn-out intro I've ever done. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be honest why that was drawn-out, guys, because I, I started Periscope right before I went on. So when I started, I was on Periscope. I'm addicted. Um, okay, so we're going to start this episode, and we're just going to go as we as we go. Okay. Um, we said we would take calls, so we will take one call, just one, because we are a little behind today. Um, and the number is 424-256-1729, I think. Yep. Cool. So 424-256-1729 if you want to call, and we will take one call, maybe two. Um, Bainbridge. Mr. Bainbridge. Damascus Bainbridge. Like, that shit was hilarious. To come up... If I could come up with any name, I like... As soon as I found out that that was his name, I would have been like, this has to be a joke. One, his name was Damascus Bainbridge, and then he was a billionaire <laughs> that she's never heard of. Like, I don't know. Well, you know, based uh, ethnically, she probably was like, oh, his name really is probably Damascus. Like, you know, she's probably like, oh, that's really his name. Because, you know, we have Laquan. I have a cousin named LaCorey. Oh you know, you, it just happens. Okay, now this is the thing, is, and y'all, I gotta put on my um, my glasses for this one. Mm-hmm. So I'm quickly looking up on Wikipedia because we've always said, or more importantly, I've always said, and I think it's more than evident that Rowan or Eli has a god complex. That okay. he really thinks he is the hell and the high water, right? So Damascus is. I know that there's some kind of biblical reference that I'm that I'm searching for, and my mom would be mad that I didn't pay attention in Sunday school. But there's obviously a biblical reference because it's like all roads lead to Damascus. Yeah, I remember right? roads to right? Damascus. Exactly. Yeah. So therefore, it really is how we've always said. You know, there was an episode "All Roads Lead to Fitz." Um, I've always said that all roads lead to Olivia. And therefore, I think Rowan's naming himself Damascus, in essence, solidifying his power as command for the next um, administration, is showing his godlike power. It failed. However, I definitely think that everything that Rowan does is so biblical and so epic. But as we all know, you know, everyone meets their maker at some times. Well... Indeed, especially in this episode, a lot of people met their maker. Um, but Melly, um, 
Melly, we continue with that scene. We see Melly in the room with Damascus, Rowan, Papa Pope. He has the most names on this show. Mm-hmm. And they're in the room together. And then he opens up a folder because he says he wants to have issues. He wants a platform, whatever. And he opens a folder and we see pictures of Melly and Andrew. And he also says that there's Remington files in here. And what's her name? Um, Lizzie. Lizzie Bear is trying to be super attentive to figure out what's going on. But Melly keeps pushing her out of the way. And then all we hear from uh, Damascus is, I just like saying that new name. Mm-hmm. All we hear from Damascus is that he needs a list, a list of names. Well, well let's back up a little bit. And, and I, I don't know if I'm the only one. I love his character in a way that I don't think I can properly explain. And I think that I love his character because he is so um, deliberate with the fact that his end goal is always the same. Mm-hmm. His end goal is always that he will win, that you cannot take command. But more importantly than that, I think he, ironically, similar to Huck, he enjoys the debauchery. He enjoys the butchery. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Enjoys the art, which is the takedown or the kill. Because the way that he goes to her, he goes, it will be a bloodbath. Ask me what I need. (laughs) Ask me what I need. It really is. And I have to go there. It's a kind of a grown folk moment. There have been moments when we have watched Huck in the midst of killing where the way that his body re- reacts is arguably similar to an orgasm. Mm-hmm. Rowan experiences the same thing. The whole ask me, ask me, that's very sexual in nature. It's almost like he's saying, like, ask me what I want. Yeah. Right? Like, ask me what I want for me to get what I need. It's almost, I'm amazed he wasn't like, ask me my that say my name and say God. Well, my question is, though, is he obsessed or does he have a thrill for the takedown and for the kill or is he thrilled by punishing Olivia? Why does he hate Olivia? We, Why does he hate her? That's a good question. I And I'm, and, and if, if I didn't like him, his character, I would say, does he hate women? Hmm. Because I, when, when have we ever seen him cool with a woman? cool with or not not using her as a pawn like Rowan who does Rowan like <laughs> who does Rowan like because yes he was doing all, all of this for the end goal and, and to save his ass but was he really doing it to save his ass and has he been really trying to save his ass the whole time or he's really just trying to, to just hurt his daughter well okay I actually cannot answer the question the only thing that I can surmise is Let's take everything that Olivia has done and and just take away this one thing, that she never had an affair with a president. Would he hate her? Probably, because the way she inter- way she talks to him, she, he's been cold her whole life. But, arguably, but was he cold because he was trying to prep her for the world that we live in? Or was he cold? In the world that we live in, your child going to do something that you don't like. That's true. the world we live true, in. True, true. But it, and, and may, maybe this is a little bit too personal for me. He still paid for law school. Mm. 
right? And and on some levels, and this is the only thing that to a certain extent doesn't make sense to me, to pay for law school, and I don't know if we know where she went, but I'm just going to keep it real with y'all, it's like $100,000, mm-hmm. okay? Minimum. He works for the Smithsonian. I don't really care how high up you are in the Smithsonian. That's a lot of money to yeah. be able to pay for your child. So I think that there's a certain aspect, and, and again, let's slightly separate Eli from Rowan. Was Eli that cold, or was he like a lot of parents? And arguably, a lot of men of a certain generation where they felt that their primary role was to provide. And in essence, providing was financial. It wasn't necessarily to be the warm, the fuzzy. That arguably, in a in a particular generation in this country, was the role of the mother. She happened not to have a mother, but it's not as if he abandoned his child. He sent her to boarding school, provided her with the best education, paid for law school and not only paid for law school wanted to have weekly dinners with her to check in with her she being i think the the child trying to grow into an adulthood when you're like oh well, i can do everything my own way that to me actually feels more like that it was olivia drawing away from her father and not necessarily her father drawing away from her but let's think about it though just because somebody pays for your school don't mean that they pay for because they genuinely care to pay. Sometimes they pay to, to hold it about over your head. Sometimes they pay to say, I pay for your law school. I pay for your schooling. Mm-hmm. Sit down with me every week. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's t- let's have a great lunch, Olivia. Oh, let's talk about it. Oh, remember I pay for your... Oh, you're here because of me. Oh, all of these opportunities I sent you to the best schools. I did all of this for you. But would I he have needed to do that if she hadn't slept with the president? And the only reason I bring it up is similar to Melly. Arguably, this is the one thing that can bring her down. Like, other than that, she is untouchable. If not for having had an affair with the president of the United States of America, she is literally stronger and more powerful than command. So that's for so she did that and now he hates her? Yes, and I think that was remember that was the the for their what first kind of parent is that? Yeah, that don't No, but it does because at the end of the day he's like I raised you better than this. And again, I'm stretching. I raised I I just am. Yeah. You know, I raised you better than this because at the end of the day He's always said, you will always be Olivia Pope. He will not always be the president. So for you to potentially sacrifice, and it wasn't any, she didn't theoretically just sacrifice her body. She sacrificed legally committed an act of treason for this man who arguably can possibly never be yours. And even if he is yours, the tarnish and the stain will diminish everything that I have raised you to be, i.e. an independent woman. What I think Rowan is failing to recognize is that as an independent woman, it is her choice whether or not she sacrifices. So if she consciously and willingly chooses to give up her reputation, her career, her so forth and so on for love, that is her decision to make. I feel like that's where he goes one step too far. I mean, he goes several steps too far. In honor of Bam, I'll do it. So what? Who cares? Just because he's not here. Because he hates her. And sip some tea. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Bam reincarnated. Sip your tea. You got to slurp. And where the hell is my fan? Oh, your afterbus fan. Um, I just remember something. Um, Okay, so. David wants to shut down B613 regardless, and he's telling Liv, like, they have to go through with it. It doesn't matter if it's, it's going to go down. Jake's like, I'll do whatever you want, Liv. And then after that, Liv is feeling some type of way. She's staring his picture in the hallway, and then she calls Fitz. And when she calls Fitz, of course, I got all in my Olitz feelings. And it was a nice little moment mm-hmm. that they had on the phone there. Um, when they were talking, she asked about Melly. She said, I heard the speech or whatever, and she was asking about how he feels about her being 
becoming the senator possibly and the sad part was when she starts talking or he talks about the uh the Brandon, Brandon bill, bill and then the legacy that that will create and then she's thinking in the back of my mind, oh shit I just screwed him over but I don't know it, it was just one of those scenes where it was nice to see them have uh, a human moment again as opposed to Liv being like I don't want to talk to you but are you see and, and me being me y'all know I'm not on that bandwagon when they were on the phone I was like well when he finds out what she did he's gonna flip on her and get angry again and put her in the corner I was thinking that too see it was like so when you find out then now what are you gonna do listen you, like, what is he gonna do now listen Debbie Debbie Downer <laughs> Bitch, pull, pull your thong out and get it together see and I and I felt that it was actually symmetry is that even if he had been taken down, at least he had something. Yeah. That regardless of how tarnished his name will be, it actually is above that. And at the and at the end of the day, he has moved the country forward with how the police inter- interact with the citizen citizenry and a certain level of transparency. So I felt that that was a perfect symmetry and even a symmetry in terms of their conversation and I think that's why it was imperative that she was like I'm proud of you yeah. that's the person that I voted for and Oh she yeah, said, I did I'm like grateful that and to me when she said when he said thank you and then she said goodbye Fitz to me that felt like an ending mm-hmm. and I don't know what anyone else felt when you guys are watching it so if you're watching it um, especially if you're watching live make sure to use the hashtag uh, ABTV scandal um, or Twitter, iTunes, YouTube. If you're on iTunes, make sure to to rate, comment, and subscribe. Five stars. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to thumbs up. We really appreciate it. And we really do read all of your comments. It actually, uh, it helps us like throughout the week. If you ever notice us on Twitter or Facebook, sometimes you'll notice that we'll change course sometimes. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it's because I read something on one of the comments and I think something from a different perspective and then I go down you know, a different avenue. Um, but yeah, I felt like there was closure there. And when she said goodbye, Fitz, it felt definite to me in a very scary way. Yeah. Yeah. I thought some. Yeah. I agree with that. What was scary, though, and now looking back, I'm kind of like, what? When Huck came running down the hallway and he's like, something happened. Huck, you did it. Like, you did it. But at the time, we didn't know this. But Huck came running down the hallway. Something happened. And uh, I definitely got the vibes from when it was like um, season two, episode eight, when Fitz got shot. Like, it was that type of vibe, the way they did the, the camera movements and Ooh, stuff. Yes. And mm-hmm. um, We were all trying to figure out what happened, because we knew somebody died. We could just tell mm-hmm. from the scene. And we're like, oh, was it Jake? That's too easy. And then mm-hmm. we saw Jake, and they're like, oh, was it David? Then we saw... I feel like the writers were playing with us, too, because mm-hmm. we saw Jake first. Then we saw David, and David literally came off the bus vomiting. And then we went onto the bus and saw that every single juror on that grand jury was slaughtered. Mm-hmm. Like, just slaughtered. And, of course, Papa Pope wins again in this scene. Um, it was a it was a cool scene. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and it had to happen. Yeah. Somebody had to die. You're not gonna. You're not just going to get to testify, have it on record, everything. You know, just fall into place. And Rowan gets taken down. It just it just was bound to happen. It's unfortunate though. What I do like is that the result of that scene is I like seeing the um passion from Olivia after that mm. when she was in the office and she was mm. shaking and she was like I want this I want like that's the live that I miss mm-hmm. and that's the live who I feel like we all enjoy the one who like granted 
she's a little unstable because she's angry at her father. But it's nice to see her so passionate about something as opposed to worrying about which man she's going to go to and stand in the sun and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I did enjoy that. Um, but I need Jake to, like, cool down. I don't know if you guys are saying same way. I'm in that situation. Like, I understand Jake was trying to be supportive and whatever. But if I'm angry and visibly upset, don't ask me if I'm okay. I'm not okay. I just want to be left alone. But if if your boo if saw you upset and he Leave didn't ask you if you were okay first and you have to tell him you weren't okay, leave me alone, you'd be feeling some type of way. Like, he saw me pacing back and forth. He didn't ask me if I was okay. But after she initially said, I'm, I'm good. I would just be like, okay, cool. He kept asking her. Well, he asked her if he, she wanted to go somewhere. You did, and again, if you would. But he said you want to go somewhere anywhere in the globe. Where are they going to go? They'll figure it out. Where are they going to go where Papa Pope is not going to find think, but I think, But I think that's why her response was so important. But I think what he was saying to her is, you do have choices. She then retorted, no, I do she not. No My only choice. choice is to take down <laughs> command. Right? But I think that, I, I don't know. And, it, and it's so funny because this is going to sound um, twisted. I literally feel like the writers have mine. Ooh, me. Mm-hmm. No, seriously. Like, I feel like this entire season, they have literally been pulling my puppet strings in a way that I'm kind of like, oh, you brought me to this place where now I'm like, oh, I don't hate Jake. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. He should have died from all those stab wounds. I'm not saying that. But, no, I mean, he really should have. Come on, let's be real. However, I think that what he did was exactly what he should have done. Mm-hmm. He basically was like, okay, I'm trying to be supportive. I try to hug you. You're like, don't touch me. Okay, cool. Then he's like, well, then what do you need? Right? Again, he was kind of coming from that concept of... I'm no longer asking you to save me, and I know you actually don't need saving, yeah. but I just want to know what do you need, and I will facilitate that for you as best as I can. I think that conversation needed to be had, that back and forth, so that she could come to the conclusion what she needed to come to. She almost needed to talk it out. If she had talked it out on her own in the hallway, then she really would have been bonkers. Does that make sense? Like, she kind of needed to hear hear what she was saying, hear what she was thinking, and that's why she was able to come to her own conclusion, because that's why she said... Oh, you can't take command, right? And then she's going, and she's going, and she's going, and then her brain goes, okay, cool. And then that's when she goes to talk to her mom. Because she realizes that somehow the angle in which she's approaching it, she's approaching it wrong. Yeah. And then she goes to talk to Maya. And even that, even though that scene was, like, short and it was to the point, again, I think it got her one more step closer to where she needed to be because I think that it honed it even more that she was really willing to give up everything. She was willing to give up fit. She's willing to give up lives because at the end of the day, she has to take down command or else she will forever be a prisoner. And arguably, the fact that she was, just like her mom says, you have that look that you've been in the hole all over your face. The fact that she's saying, now I'm thinking about it differently. When she says there are things worse than rape, right? I initially thought she meant... The, the act of being in prison and every day fearing for your life, now I'm actually thinking about it differently in terms of the fact that it, when she said last episode, in the bathroom, in that dirty, disgusting bathroom, for those five minutes was the only time she felt that her father couldn't get to her. Mm-hmm. That is the thing that's worth, worse than rape. That feeling of forever being in prison, and not just in prison, but being in prison with someone who is is sadistic. Yeah. Like he is sadistically yeah. screwing with her because think about it, she is a she's an intelligent analytical woman, right? Her mind is her weapon of choice. So her dad's not not fighting with her on any other mechanism than the mechanism which she 
uses to value her very own existence is her mind and her intelligence. So that's exactly what he is using against her. I think that that, that dichotomy had to happen in order for the for the episode not only to move forward, but for us to get the conclusion that we eventually got. I really did enjoy the scene with her and her mom, though. Because mm-hmm. I love how her mom was like, <laughs> she said, she said, no, you you played him, you tricked him, and you won. She's like, girl, I'm in jail. Like, I'm, <laughs> she's like, I'm here for the rest of my life. That was funny. and But I, I love how, once again, she stayed in that moment for a little bit, and then she walked away, but then she got some other information that she needed from her mom, where her mom said, the people don't know that he's enemies so they don't know how to take them down so then Liv goes to the CIA thinking that's the way to go yeah uh, again bless her heart for you know she she tries she went in she had a plan it made sense however did it though to her and at that moment think about it when you are so fired up so fired up to the point where you go see your mom who is behind bars she get dropped some little information on you you like ah gotta run with it like she at the moment she had to act on it because what would have happened you go back to OPA you sit and stew somebody else gets killed David maybe David gets killed now she doesn't know mm-hmm. Quinn or Huck because they know what happened mm-hmm. so she kind of had to act on it quickly as quickly as she did because waiting around something would have happened hell she could have got killed because her dad hates her I just I said this in the room my issue with it is Yes, CIA is the and the FBI. They're like the top organization, secret organizations. But if they tell you, or if you know the B six thirteen is under the table, and then we'll back up because uh, Melly was trying to tell Cyrus earlier in the episode. Melly was talking to Cyrus, and she was trying to tell him what happened, and he was being a dick to her at first, which I did not appreciate um, because the issue that I had with this. I understand Cyrus. Well, one my issue is Cyrus sometimes acts like he's busier than he is. Because Cyrus is <laughs> Cyrus isn't that busy, and it kind of goes busy. back to what um, Liv's mom said. Because Liv's mom was said, "You create your own problems and you fix them." I feel like Cyrus is the same way. Cyrus does busy work for himself, so he can act busy because Fitz doesn't really need him half the time. And this is another one of those moments where Cyrus is like, "Oh, I can get this person for you. Just leave me alone." And he doesn't have anything to do. And really, Melly's just trying to talk to him and tell him what happened. And if Melly comes to you and basically confesses, saying, "I'm the reason that those jurors died," I don't think that he should have been so dismissive. I, it just doesn't make sense why he would be so dismissive. Oh, he's like, oh, you want me to tell you what to do? No, I just need you to listen to me so we can figure out who the f- did this. You got to remember, though, Cyrus is low-key bitter that he's not the president. Now he's not the senator running in Virginia, that he's not in this position to be doing this. So he and he he has a problem with Melly being her and even having the audacity to pursue this. So when she says I was responsible for this, he's going to stew in his mind. He's going to chuckle a little bit. He's going to say, oh, sad for you. You really got yourself in this pickle. I'm not going to help you because I don't want you to be in this position anyway. Okay, so my question is... He's a dirtbag. Go ahead, Sophie. Um, Everything that you're saying is 100% correct, but I actually think that that that, um, was actually his nail in the coffin. Because now I'm sitting back and I'm like, oh yeah, you actually don't deserve to be chief of staff. For the very reason that you said. So think about it. She just told you that she was responsible for the death of how many grand jurors, because I know that grand juries can be 18, 12, 6, whatever the hell it is. I didn't count how many people were on the bus. You don't go, how? Yeah. You don't go, how did that happen? Exactly. Like, how, how were you responsible? How were whatever? Like, you didn't, you didn't have any of that conversation. And so while you're sitting there not asking her questions... You should have then been in some other room 
figuring out how to fix this. Yeah. Not for Melly, but for you and for Fitz, because grand jurors died at the hands of the first lady. You deserve to get fired. But so ironically, that, he gets fired later, but you deserve to get fired there because it shows he's no longer needed. He's no longer doing it. And job. that was my that was my issue too when Melly was telling him, I sacrifice I didn't just do that. I did this for Fitz and for you too. And he wasn't listening. He listened eventually, but he wasn't listening to any of the reasoning as to why this happened and what, like you said, the details mm-hmm. of what happened. So that whole thing just bothered but me. But I also think, though, and this is where it gets tricky, is that even from the very beginning when she told Cyrus, I thought to myself, when did you guys and Cyrus become partners again? Because think about it. They, they had broken alliances ages ago. Yeah. Right? Think about it. Cyrus has, has very deliberately told Melly, like, yo, I don't roll with you no more. So why, in the midst of this newfound friendship and newfound love with Fitz, would you go to Cyrus? Especially given the fact that you've already been through Defiance, you've already been through the fact that Fitz doesn't like to be treated like a child who needs to be protected. You're still on this whole martyr, like, I sacrifice, I sacrifice. Haven't we gone over this? Now we've laid all of our cards on the table. We know that, that um, you know, my father raped you. I, we know why you kept the secret. We know that basically now when she says, I had kids for you, he now knows what that means in terms of the weight of it. She's expressed to him what her end goal is in, term, her, her end goal is in terms of being president. Now she kind of slips back into that old martyrdom syndrome of, I did something for you. No, no, you can't do something for me if I don't ask you. Well, she had to tell Cyrus. He, What kind of other person can you tell something like that, that to and they know how to at least even just listen to it without screaming or... Or reacting like a, a regular civilian. You can't, she couldn't tell Fitz because as we see, every time Fitz finds something out, he lashes out and he forgets that he's ever done wrong in life. So who else was she going, like, so I don't think it, she told Cyrus as, and to the, to the extent of, I think she kind of wanted him to help and I think she wanted somebody to be there for her. But sometimes when you got to tell somebody, you tell the only person that you know can handle hearing that kind of information. Even if their reaction to you is not going to be the one you want. But don't you think that the minute he said, okay, everything's okay, don't tell Fitz, that some little hair on the back of her head, her little antenna should have said, I've been in this place before. It didn't end well for me. Yes, Where Cyrus is going to basically solve my problem and is telling me not to tell my husband. Yes, if it were a situation where she had time to really think that way. She just found out that the list of names she gave somebody, all of them are dead. So it's not like she, not like 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 somebody just like got in like a car accident and they broke their leg. You know, it's, it wasn't a small event. Okay. If you if something you did got twelve people killed, okay, and if you were in a situation with somebody else, your senses aren't heightened to everything around you. Your senses are heightened to the fact that I just killed twelve people. I'm gonna be harsh on purpose. Do you remember uh, season two when? Um, when Sally was like pseudo interim president mm-hmm. and remember how there were certain things that she couldn't handle. Remember? And I think Cyrus even had a conversation with her about it. I needed in that moment, we had just seen basically we, we were seeing Melly rise into the position of not only Senator, but a, pot- a potential presidential candidate. You willy nilly gave, gave names to someone who obviously had enough access to get into the White House, right. who had pictures of not only you, but your husband and whatever other files that he had. At that moment, when you find out that the jurors are killed, 
you kind of have to have a moment and you either say, am I going to remove myself from this situation or am I not? The minute she decided that she wanted Cyrus to fix it because she still wanted to be a senator and then potentially president, she should have put on then that hat. I think Does that, that make sense? It makes sense, but I think that even going before that, Melly should have talked to somebody before she even got rowing the list of names. Keep going. Because I think, it, I understand, like, mm-hmm. after the fact, she goes to Cyrus and those type of things. But Melly has a group of people around her, like Olivia, who, if she would have gone with that information, Liv would have figured out it was wrong. And granted, we know Liv can't really do anything. But if Liv was able to at least stop her or figuring out a way to stop her from giving that name and him not releasing the information, that could have helped the grand jury go forward. I completely agree with you, but I think that, and it's something that I've said about Fitz, and I'm going to make the same comment about Melly. it seems like they are very isolated. They don't have people. True. Now think about it. And I, and I think, and I know I've said this before, so I apologize for being a broken record. I do not know Hillary Clinton. However, I would presume that Hillary Clinton still has people in Washington, D.C. I would presume that President Bush had people in Washington, D.C. and still has people in Washington, D.C. It's almost as if, again, the fact that all roads only lead to Olivia and or Fitz, there's there's not enough room to maneuver. So exactly. She doesn't have anyone else to call. You don't have anyone else to speak to other than Lizzie. Lizzie just got on your team. And that because, me. Because... She tried to kidnap Olivia. Because think about it. That was the plan. Right? The plan was to pretend that the vice president was 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 being targeted and blown up so that they would declare war. Right? She then claims, but I wasn't in on it in terms of Olivia being kidnapped. Now when you replay the whole thing, you think to yourself, who really was a mastermind? Really think about Andrew, how he was first introduced, versus Lizzie being the chairman of the RNC. Yeah. Who who Who's the mastermind here? So now I'm literally sitting here thinking to myself, like, oh, and when I say we, I mean me, have been played the whole time. Because even though I knew that her character, just given the nature of who she is in the real world, her character would have to have more legs, I never presumed that these would be the legs. Okay, so we, yeah, we spend too much time okay. on it. On her, I will on say Lizzie, though, because Lizzie that pissed me off. I it was when when we saw that Melly actually told Lizzie Bear, it just didn't make sense because I you can see through it. I. I don't like Lizzie Bear. Um, but when uh, Olivia went to the CIA, I'm just confused. And this is what I was going to earlier. This is why I'm confused because uh, I forgot. Somebody in the episode said it. I don't think it was us saying this. Somebody in the episode said it, I feel. But like, oh, it was when Rowan, I'm not Rowan, when Cyrus was talking to the CIA director after Liv had already presented information, basically saying, okay, cool, you can try to take him down. But just so you know, there's B613 in the CIA and the FBI and all these different organizations. So I was telling you guys off camera, if Liv goes to the CIA director, how does she know that the CIA director's right-hand man or woman isn't part of B613 and then kills her in her sleep? Maybe she was just hoping that because Jake was like the mighty spy that he is supposed to know everybody in the in the club and he's like, oh no, they're safe. I don't know. But again, Olivia, when you get that kind of information and you don't know who's who, I think she was just high off adrenaline and she was like, we got to do it. Let's go. Not thinking like, okay, wait, so maybe she's in it. No, she was like, let's just go. Well, that's how I was wondering. Why does she even think the CIA director is Okay, anyway? you know what? And if, if you know Matrix, I think you guys will get this reference. So up until two episodes ago, I must have taken the red pill. And this morning and last episode, I must have taken the blue pill. Because I totally see it now. Think about Olivia's background. 
Olivia is extremely privileged and entitled. She comes from a very bubble world. Again, she didn't just go to private school. She went to boarding school. She went to boarding school with, like, the most important people in the world, not just the country. She then, you know, gets into law school. Her dad pays for law school. After law school, we're not sure, like, what job she had, but it was obviously extremely important. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden from there, she goes to working for the president, and then she opens her own agency. Again, she thought that there was a level of 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 safety where she would like go in and she would um she would negotiate with um Russian bad people and get babies back and do all this stuff and she was untouchable. Why was she untouchable? Because Rowan always protected her or the president protected her. She's led a very protected existence even sure. being kidnapped she was still able to get herself out of a situation. Any normal person would have never survived that situation, number one. Number two, they would have never survived that situation without... Did they even slap her? They slapped her once, right? Maybe once. No. That's the normal nature of who she is. <laughs> she didn't get she literally, think, you know what I mean? Even think about it. The last, the last episode or two episodes ago when she walks in the house with the Russian black mamba or whatever her name is and just walks black in. Mamba. And, or, you know what I'm saying. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> trying y'all but again it's that she walks in everywhere because she's untouchable because again it goes back to um and i don't know the character's name but lena dunham when she was like you're an urban legend you're a myth part of that is because she walks with a certain bravado because that's how she's walked through life because she is the olivia pope Mm -hmm. so the olivia pope walked into the cia and she thought she was going to tell them something that was important to them because she is under the false impression that the cia is also for the people. No, the CIA is for the CIA. Yeah. Does that make sense? Everyone has a, has a self-survival mechanism. The only thing that she doesn't realize is, are you willing to give up self? Really and truly. Because why do you really want command da- to die? Because you want to survive. Right? It's selfish. Everyone else is also entitled to that selfish thought. The CIA wants to survive. Yeah. So in order for them to survive, B613 needs to go on. Because it's been going on. I think it's actually, now that I'm rethinking everything, it's organic to her character. I'm not saying it wasn't stupid or it wasn't foolish, but I think that now I'm starting to get her more. Yeah. She really lives in her own bubble, and it's and it's actually a part of her mystique. And that's actually why she's able to do these absolutely amazing, incredible things, because even though it sounds cliche, like, if you believe it, it can happen. It's actually that simple, and that really is the essence of Olivia Pope. Well, she she got locked up like Akon. Okay, <laughs> she was behind bars. I got locked. She got well, locked up behind out. bars. And and it is so hot in the studio, y'all. Yeah, y'all. So, Just so you know, like that's why we're a little fidgety and yeah. so forth and so on. If you're watching us or if you can hear us and we seem a little um, discombobulated, it is like ninety nine degrees in here. I'm wearing a jacket. This shirt's not iron underneath. Oh. <laughs> I cannot with you. I'm actually um, pretty comfortable, guys. Quick side note: <laughs> Cyrus calling the CIA director "honey" because he didn't know her name was hilarious. Ooh, and he's like, "I'm going to call name. you honey because I don't remember your, your, first, your first name." Like, and I don't care to remember. Oh, oh my, my god, he is god. dirty. Um, so we will talk about um, Liv and Jake and Joe before we get to that. Cyrus, not Cyrus, um, David, earlier in the episode, David basically said, I'm done with it. He's like, I'd rather live mm-hmm. for justice than die for justice. And then David is the one who is now, he talked to Cyrus, and Cyrus is blackmailing him, saying he'll essentially kill Abby because that's his, what do you call it? Pressure point. Pressure point, yes. Um, 
and then he goes and he gives them an affidavit to Liv and to Jake saying they have to sign this and basically that says that everything they said about B613 was not true mm-hmm. so I, I guess my issue with David is you were going forward with this I, and this is my thing I guess the issue I have is you were going forward with this and it goes back to what happened a couple of episodes earlier Somebody, somebody died or something, and then all of a sudden they were all shaken. They were going forward in with the this. safe house. Yeah, in the safe house. They've been going forward with this, and then when a, a big event happens, all of a sudden, oh, what do but I remember, do? Remember, David wanted to back back out then, and it was Olivia who who talked him into it. True, which but, goes but, back to the selfish reasons. Of but why she he's wants a to do grown it. man. You're a grown man, David. David should have stopped when he saw uh, what's his name getting shot. Cyrus's husband get shot in front of his face. He should have learned right then because in a real situation, yeah, you you're the attorney general, but you ain't got no power. But when you see someone close to you get shot in the face, it changes your life. Yeah, it changes you. You see somebody getting in a, in a car accident, they break their foot. You're like, oh shoot, I'm not gonna drive like this no more. It changes your <laughs> life. So. David is as a being a grown man, you gotta take responsibility. Yes, Olivia leads him down the rabbit hole sometimes, but she can't we can't use that as an excuse all the time for David doing some of the things that David does. Because he's just as naive as well. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. That just bothered me. Um Liv or Cyrus and Abby. When they were talking and Abby was basically saying, I'm over this. I know, I need to know if, if you killed Liv, is she still alive? And Cyrus, his line, he said, I'm getting old and I'm tired of it. He said, <laughs> I can't have a soul. If I did, I would never accomplish a thing. Um, but it was after that when Rowan talked to Liv. He called Liv and she was sitting on the bed or laying in the bed. And I'm sorry. It goes back to what Sophia was saying earlier. Like, I hate his character, but I love his character because he was just a... <laughs> up in G like he called her and he said I just want to thank you essentially like B613 is clear my name is clear and then we see like how he killed the remaining agents and even to the point where they when the the agent from EZA destroyed the files and then he shoots him right after like are you serious right now he's a freaking G like that whole scene and he's sitting there he says now I'm just an old humble man working at the Smithsonian like I don't know Rowan but again, there's symmetry. The fact that her mom said to her, you're so vain. Yeah. That was Rowan's downfall. You're so vain. It's like when you're that good and you have to tell people. Yeah. Do you know what I'm trying to say? You know what I mean? Like, you know when you have a secret and it's that good, but you're like, oh my God, but it's not good unless other people know how good it is because I, I, I need I need the, the brilliance to, I need to see it in their eyes to right. see how brilliant I am. That was his downfall. Think about it. If he had just not had that phone call. True. She would not have realized. Because at that point, she was defeated. She was defeated because she was literally thinking. She was in the bed. No, totally. (laughs) Right. Mm. No, seriously, because she probably was like a snuggie. Yeah. Like, so literally, because she was like, oh my goodness, there are so many pieces like splinter cells Mm -hmm. that I cannot... There's there's absolutely no way that I can get to them all. Mm-hmm. But when she realized, no, there's only one person left, that he's gotten rid of everything, yeah. he, he handed it to her. Yeah. He literally handed it to her, and it was because he was so vain. And that's why I love, I love how they did the twist on the title, because when I saw the title of the episode, You Can't Take Command... Obviously, my mind went some other mm-hmm, places. Mm-hmm. I love the twist of how this happened, and I love the fact that we're going to jump forward and then back up. But I love the fact how 
once command was dead, command is dead, and Eli Pope is not invincible. Mm-hmm. It was that was that was a brilliant scene. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna get to that in a second because I'm still the ending of the finale. I'm just confused. I'm confused. Y'all, y'all two gonna need time to talk about that one. Uh, we. Definitely. You see, I said them too, because listen. And, no, and can I say something? Mine is going to be very short. Mine is yeah, going to be short too. It's going to be short. So before we get to that, okay. So um, Melly is now senator of Virginia, mm-hmm. and she's giving her speech. And then Lizzie Bear. Okay, I said this in my notes earlier. I'm so sporadic right now, but I said this in my notes earlier. The scene where she was in the office, where Fitz was giving his first speech, like saying mm-hmm. how proud he was mm-hmm. of her. I put on my paper um, that Lizzie Bear was in the back with her face, like at the dough, because she really. <laughs> She really was. If you go back and look, she had the at the dough face. <laughs> so, but she had the same face at the speech, and she was giving the side eye to smirk. And then she does this little uh, play with Fitz. She's like, "Oh, you didn't know? Oh, I thought you. Oh." And then she tells him what happened. Also, Melly, like that's exactly. a rookie move. But we we we'll get into that offline. Like, I just don't understand. Just really quick, I I just don't understand why she would tell Lizzie Bear everything. What what was the purpose? If 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 Lizzie Bear said, "I if you need me for anything, I'm here for you," thank you. Mm-hmm. Anything in the future. Also, also too, this is what I think doesn't make sense. She already knew that you killed the grand jurors. Think about it. She already had something on you. Yeah. So now you're just going to give her everything? You must be out of your mind. There's a part of me that would have loved, and I don't, the scene would have, and the whole show would have gone somewhere different, but I actually would have loved for Melly to boss up, and for her to basically have said something to the effect of, who do you think anyone's going to believe? Or do you think that they're going to believe that I gave the list, or that you gave the list? True. Because you're an opportunist. True. No, seriously, where, where would I even have access to that information? You being who you are, it would actually make more sense that you would have done it. And if they could me. somehow go back and see all the shady shit she did with Andrew. Completely. Mm-hmm. So I would have actually preferred for Melly to boss up her on that and basically be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, yeah. she should have totally played Play dumb her. and played a Cyrus move like he did with the CIA agent and say, but hypothetically, if what you're saying is true, then this is what happened. Mm-hmm. And she would have implicated Lizzie. Because then she could have said, she- Lizzie, did you not get the names? Exactly. That to me would have made sense. Yeah. Her just literally confiding in Lizzie after, again, like, she went from being your enemy to being your campaign manager. And arguably, has she actually done anything good? No. No, seriously. Everything that has happened where Melly has moved forward has either been because of Fitz or Olivia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just going to trust you Lizzie with don't know what everything. Doing. Well, my question is, what did she tell? I know she told, obviously, um, Lizzie that... She's been blackmailed. But did she say, with Defiance, with Remington, did she say these things? Because now is Lizzie going to come back and say, oh, actually, Fitz, I got something on you, too. To me, on some level, obviously. I got something on you. To me, obviously. But then the problem is, and we have to fast forward, to me, making her his chief of staff, that was a stupid move. And for the one reason of loyalty. I don't care if you gave me information I needed. You were still disloyal to the person that you were working for. And I don't trust I don't trust disloyal people. True. Does that make sense? If you're going to turn on the person that you're supposed to be working for, who happened to be my wife, even though if she may not be my wife next year, it means you're disloyal and you're shady and I can't have you on my team. So we have five minutes, so we're going to get this finale in and on point, um, the ending at least. So Huck donated or gave that money, routed it to... Mm-hmm. Uh, to Rowan. Mm-hmm. That whole thing went down. We talked about that. We're still Brilliant. with the cliffhanger with Quinn and Huck, though. We don't know what happened because the last thing we saw, Quinn has a gun to Huck's head. 
But this is the thing is though, why is Quinn so insensitive? So even though he can't be with them, it's not like he wants them dead. Exactly. Does that make sense? So him not being with them is is irrelevant to the fact that someone specifically command can use their potential death over. You know over why Quinn head. is insensitive? Is because when the thing went down with Defiance, she lost everything she had. Her family doesn't want her. She has no ties anymore. Huck's the only person she has. So that's the reason why I think she's so hurt by it because she that's her only family. And maybe too, it's because. You saw, Huck, you see that I have nothing. And you saw they took this away from you. He's going to probably kill your family anyway. Like, Javi and... They didn't know that Rowan was going to get taken down. All she knew was that it was over. He was killing everybody. You don't, Huck, you don't know that you giving him these names is going to stop him from killing your family. You can't be with them Especially anyway. since um his wife, or his, yeah, his wife um knows about B613. She's right. the reason why they started this whole process. Exactly. So... Maybe it's like, come on, Huck, get it together. Like, snap out of it. Okay. So that's the one cliffhanger we have. And then uh, the next one, Melly celebrating with Fitz. And then she says something about being <laughs> being president. And he says, you think I would let you be president after what you did? Ooh. And then she says, I did it for you. And he says, that's the problem. You don't even know what you did wrong. Oh, but Fitz, do you remember you killed somebody in the hospital, that old lady? You remember you killed somebody? <laughs> oh, but you probably don't remember what you did wrong. See, this is my problem with with Fitz. And with some people, because some people do this. When they do things wrong, it's justified. But when other people do wrong when other people do things wrong, they can't accept their justification for it. They don't want to hear your justification for why you did something wrong. But when I do something wrong, I want you to be on my side. And I did it. I did it because I had to. Or they don't want nobody to know about it. When you bring it up, they get salty as hell. I have a problem with. So you you hanging with Cyrus. You know about defiance. You're not even supposed to be in the White House anyway, homeboy. You're not even supposed to be here. So when when shit hit the fan, now you want to fire people and put everybody out. But we should have put your ass out in the first place and got Reston up in here because he was the actual one who won the election. I didn't see you giving Reston the honorary seat at the White House because you found out you didn't win. I didn't see you being the noble one and saying, you know what, Reston, you won. I didn't win this. I'm a noble man. I don't like when people do wrong around me. So I'm going to give up the presidency and let you have it. I don't remember that happening. What? I just needed to hold the beat. Okay. <laughs> no, I was gonna. I was gonna go right in, but that that deserved to hold the beat because that has to exist on its own. Yeah. Because that is. 100% valid, so I needed a, a, a pause so that I could speak and not actually respond to that. <laughs> um, no, really. That, that was, I mean, I, I, I got nothing. However, in oh, that moment, no, though, in that moment when, when they were having their back and forth, I thought to myself, okay, well, you went to war for Olivia, but then I caught myself. And then I thought, thought okay, you killed Verna. That that was betwe- that was a Fitz move. That had nothing to do with him being president. That had to do with the fact that this lady literally said, "I tried to kill you," mm-hmm. and he killed her. That had nothing to do with the presidency. That was almost like an isolated incident. Now, him going to war. Let's remember, he talked it over with Melly. 
He didn't make that decision unilaterally. True. He talked it over with Melly and he asked her advice. In the midst of them being partners in crime, even in bed saying, hey, I just talked to Olivia. Yeah, what are we dealing with? Oh, I think I'm going to lose. You want me to tell you what Olivia would say? Blah, blah, blah. They are literally in a fully transparent space and moment. And I really believe that when he said her love, her friendship means everything to me. When she said... Um, um, this past year with how she's dealt with the, us losing a child, how she held us together, the woman that she's going to be like, I think he saw it. Like, everything that she had sacrificed for her end goal, I think he really was starting to believe, like, oh my goodness, maybe my legacy is Melly. Maybe my legacy of being president is being able to have, let Melly be president, and Melly will actually be the divine force that changes America. But I will have a part in it. Because if if I don't have a part in it, then I have sacrificed everything, quote unquote, for not. Right? In that moment when he realized, like, oh, she's not talking to him, then in his mind, it's going back to the old Melly. And in his mind, then this entire dance that they have been dancing is not only is over, it wasn't real. Yeah. Because he, I think for the first time, sadly, and it goes back to what you're saying, he's a spoiled brat, he really felt it. I'm not saying he was in love with her like that's his soulmate, but he really was feeling love and admiration and respect for her. And in that moment, it burst the bubble of the person that he thought he was rooting for, the person he thought he was campaigning for. Very similar to how Olivia goes, now you're the president that I voted for. Two seconds before, the Melly was the Melly that not only did he marry, but that he would possibly campaign to be the president of the United States of America. All I'll say is Melly had numerous opportunities after that happened to talk to Fitz Completely. about this, like numerous opportunities before she even had to tell Lizzie there. And when he goes, get out of my house. Which I'm still on the fence about please. that. Now, and, and when he goes, before you throw me out. Now, let's let's think about it, because I can argue this a multitude of different ways. The fact that she didn't say anything and she left says it. It literally meant it was over. Think about it. Okay. Last episode, and I'm, t- I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth on purpose. Last episode was the most in sync that we have seen them, correct? Right? Having a conversation in bed, talking about Olivia, having, you know what I mean, having a conversation, him helping her, him deciding, okay, I'm going to, you know, put my, throw myself and commit treason to give the list so that you can basically move forward, so forth and so on. At that moment, I think what had to happen is he realized it's never going to be enough. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And that her not telling him was almost like the nugget he needed to basically be like, oh, it's on you. Does that make sense? Number one. Number two, it's also kind of like, I've given, not that I've given you, but I've given you being senator. That's all that I owe you. Like, I really actually don't owe you anything more. And I can't do this anymore. Well, I hope that she destroys Fitz. I hope that he burns. Because, yeah, all the all of this stuff may be true, but I made a bad decision and now you put me out. Your father raped me. You cheated on me before I gave you the okay to do this. You were cheating on me. I put up with all this shit and now you put me out. Cool. I got you. Oh, cool. So I hope for the sake of the show and now Olivia is in the house for the sake of the show. I hope Melly now makes it her um, her mission for for true payback. I hope. Just for the sake of okay. for that. And the only reason I don't is because that doesn't serve Melly. Melly needs to stop living for Fitz. Um, so, and this has nothing to do with me liking OLEDs. Melly needs better than Fitz. And Melly needs mm-hmm. if, if Melly's end goal is to be president or whatever, Melly needs to give not give two woo, woo, 
about fits and move on with her life and That's get her get it by burning fits. Well, okay, so if, if that is part of the game plan, then I support it. Does that make sense? If that is what she needs to do for her to be happy and to move forward, yes. But I don't I don't need her living in the past. All right, guys. Well, we have to talk about, um, well, just really quick, Jake. No, no, no. Says, we have got to go all the way to the end if we don't have time. We, we have to go time. to Olivia. We have to go to Olivia and Fitz. Oh, yeah, I'm going there. Yeah, yeah, oh, I'm, okay. just, I'm just saying okay. Jake says mission is complete. And then she's like, okay, cool, I'm free. She goes to Fitz's place, and she's standing there waiting for him, and then all of a sudden, they're about to get the business done in the White House. I'm, I, the, uh, Sophia said off camera that this could have been, like, a show finale. Um, but uh, to me, uh, maybe, and this is why I don't like reading Twitter comments, because then I get all hyped up. I was waiting for my tears to flow. None of that happened for me. Um, the ending was cool, but... I think for me... Because even from the minute we were doing the angle shots, Camille kept saying, wait, is Olivia in there? And I was like, there's no way. And she goes, no, is Olivia in there? And I was like, oh, no, there's no way. And she's like, is Olivia in there? And then we see Olivia. And I was like, oh, snap. From the moment that he walked out on the balcony and he stood there and it was just his silhouette right before we saw Olivia come into frame, my entire gut, like, is someone, like, punch me. Like, you know when, like, you, someone punches you and you can't breathe? Mm-hmm. Because I was like, is he going to get shot? What's going to happen? Yeah, like, literally, like the, like, like, the anxiety was like, oh, my goodness, something really bad's going to happen. Because to me, him kicking Melly out, that's not bad. Then when we saw Olivia, I felt, I kept thinking it. Then they came together, and they he takes the wine glass, and he moves it on the table, and then they embrace, and they kiss, and whatever. The feeling didn't go away. Yeah. Does that make sense? There was this, there was this anxious feeling that something bad is going to happen. So for me, in the moment, I couldn't 100% enjoy it because I was so anxious that it wasn't real. Like, I kept thinking they're going to go, do-do-do-do-do-do, dream. Do-do-do-do, didn't happen. Which they could still do. Like I just couldn't really enjoy it. The only thing that I thought was hysterical is I was like, oh, so are her and Charlotte in codes? Because Charlotte never liked Melly? Right. Because did Charlotte call? Because Charlotte released all the information. Because did Charlotte call? Because did Charlotte call? Olivia was like, yo, he just kicked out Melly. No, she didn't have to say, or did Olivia just happen to call? Or did Olivia just happen to call Charlotte to see where the president was? Like, do you know what I'm saying? I was like, okay. Well, we'll find out. Let us know what you think about the finale. Really quick, we're going to do Cornelia's cold piece of the week. And final one for the season. Cold piece of the week for Scandal episode four. No, episode 22 of season four, the <laughs> finale. My gut is telling me to give it to Fitz just because I have a problem with him, but I'm going to, uh, for the sake of the fans, give it to Mr. Hug. I won't drag Fitz because I already dragged him earlier in the episode. So, uh, Hug gets it. Huck killed 16, 12, 18. I don't care if he killed one juror. Huck killed people again. <laughs> He was told to stop doing it. He, we told him to stop. He was supposed to stop. He was supposed to stop. And he didn't stop. He has an addiction. We know this, blah, blah, blah. But he did it for the sake of his family, a family that he probably won't get to chill with anymore anyway. So at this point, Huck was just killing to be killing. For Rowan, a man who doesn't like him, threw him in a hole and has him acting crazy all over again. So for that reason, I give Huck cold piece of the week for this week. Cold piece at goes to you gladiators for sticking by us and supporting us on this after show for the entire season. Like we said before on Periscope, we have some things coming, brewing in store. So make sure you hit us up on all social media and you follow us to, so we can let you guys know what's coming next. Let us know who your cold piece of the week is. Hashtag cold piece. 
Um, I don't have any predictions, do you guys? We'll save our predictions mm-hmm. if we have any for Twitter and online. It's over. Oh, the season is over. Um, so where can we find you guys on social media? You can find me at Canelia on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. At Sophia Stanley, Twitter and Facebook. At the Sophia Stanley on Instagram. For me at email and it's junior on everything. Yes, especially on Periscope. And um on YouTube Chasing LA and make sure uh, you go to youtube.com slash chasing LA today because I just released my interview with Robert Richard, the star of Chocolate City, um, which comes out May 22nd. So check that out. We're having a Fab Four field trip. Yes, mm-hmm. it's going to be amazing. <laughs> um, but we'll see you guys next season. Like I said, keep in touch with us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and stuff so you can see what we're doing beyond. Bye, yeah. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 